The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. That's actually super awesome. Um, that, uh, yeah. Because yeah. uh, the, the whole online marketing world is something I... I know so little about, yeah, well, and I know you're just getting into it too, but, yeah. um, but it is one of those things that, um, that it doesn't fascinate me, but it intrigues me. Okay. Um, yeah. specifically because I'm not a social media guy and I don't, um, or if, if you want to tip no, it. that's good. That's good. All right. Yeah. Okay. Or actually I'll tip it. Cause I, I, I thought you were testing it. I didn't realize we were actually starting. That's what I just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. no, man, yeah, no, right, fuck. We yeah. j- jump right into it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, how long have you been running this? Uh, this five one? days now. Okay. Um, and what are the results so far of five days? Well, let me tell you. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, cause, cause I didn't like, I, I run other campaigns before. Great. But I guess, guess as we talked about, it's like a lot of trial and error and a lot of like, okay, this didn't work, try something else. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time where I think I know what I'm doing, or at least I think I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll give you the results here right now. Cool. Hey, I forgot to ask yeah. while, while you're looking for that, did you want coffee? Yeah. 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 Should, should we, should we pause for 10 minutes to make coffee? Yeah. Okay. Do you got time? Yeah, yeah. Because we're, I, I know we're pushing, we're pushing the clock already. Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, so we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a short break and look for data that we should have had prepared for by, by now, and we'll come back with coffee. All right. And maybe be more awake. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. That's where we left off. Okay. Okay. So we're back. We have coffee. We can now. We can now carry on this conversation. (laughs) Okay. Um. I don't remember what we were talking about. (laughs) You were, uh, you were looking at the results. You were gonna tell us the results of your. your marketing campaign so far. Oh yeah. I, I should say, um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Joey is away this week. Um, he's uh, at a funeral for his grandmother or something like that. And so Roland is doing the noble thing. And on three hours sleep, he is, yeah. he is joining us to, um, host the podcast this morning. Yeah. So thanks for coming. Bro. Yeah, no worries. Um, so yeah, you were, you were going to tell us, you were going to tell us, yeah. um, how your, how the new marketing campaign is doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I remember now. <laughs> yeah, so in total, I've got, uh, just in five days, I got 127 visitors in total. Nice. Yeah. That's, a, that's a little more than uh, 20, 21 visits a day. Yeah. A little more than 21 visits. Yeah. That's, a, that's great. That's good. Yeah, and... That's traffic to the website. That's right, yeah. Right. And uh, some of the metrics that Facebook has are... I'm still not really sure what they are, but, but that's fair. the number that I'm telling you here, it's called unique link clicks. So I'm assuming that if a person clicked twice, it only counts as one. I That's the way that's I understand fine. that yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. And 
Uh, I got four campaigns, and the one that's doing the best is the one in South America and Spain. And that one is right now at 10 cents a click. Um, you know what? Let's not let's not get into the, the money side of it. Okay. Um, not necessary for the podcast. Not necessary, okay. Yeah. Um, but what... Um, how do you how do you gauge that the South American one is doing the best? Because it has the most amount of uh, unique link links, and it also has the the number of cost of uh, cost of cost per per click is the lowest. Okay, um, I think I think the best metric there is is the um, the number of unique reasons, clicks. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So on both of those cases, yeah. it's the one that's doing the best. Awesome. Uh, now, we talked about this last week, um, not on the podcast, of course, but yeah. uh, we talked about how this was a market that both of us identified as possibly underserved because so much of the, so much of your world, your specialty as a, as a heavy metal guy is served through the English market. And you're serving, you're doing, you're running this campaign in Spanish as a native Spanish speaker, yeah. right? Um, and so, so do you, th- do you feel like that's a that's contributing to this to, to the fact that it's doing better, or do you see something else being more of a contributing factor to why that? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, how many how many people you see advertising there? I mean, I I, I would just assume right, but. It's hard to tell because when I was living there, obviously Facebook wasn't around and, and right. online marketing wasn't around and, and I was I didn't have a business. <laughs> so yeah. But I was gonna say how how often do you see someone advertising missing and messaging services down there? And I was probably gonna say probably not very often. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's too bad that um it's too bad that there aren't more there isn't more data about um about who is advertising where like like facebook or google or whomever could give us data who are we who are we actually competing with you know um i think i think that kind of data could be could be really really valuable um yeah so that we'd know and and google does to a to a point they um google has a i don't i I don't know what they call it but it's something about how strong the competition is um, and it might be based around based around the the cost per click. Um, the higher cost per clicks are are have more competition, more people bidding for for that that exposure. Um, whereas the lower cost per clicks, there's clearly less people bidding for the exposure. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, any any actual any actual results? Uh, no, just uh, I mean that's just the part that I'm a little worried about because because yeah sure I I look at the traffic on my website and it's increased dramatically and it's yeah. I haven't visited us from places that I never have visited us from but nobody has said hey I want you to master my song or anything yeah. like that so so no actual business has come out of it right. And that's the part where I know, okay, I'm probably doing something wrong because sure, I'm getting more traffic, but I'm not getting any business. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, I think, I think the uh, the hardest thing for anybody that's running a new campaign or that's running their first campaign, really, um, to to understand is any marketing campaign takes time, right? Yeah. Like you need to give this six months. And somewhere around three months, you should start seeing some results. Right. Um, the the exposure you're getting, uh, combined with all the other efforts that you're making, will 
will result in something that is that is really good as long as you're patient with it and know that you're making an, an investment in the future in the long run yeah, yeah. in the long run that's yeah. right yeah actually on on saturday it was i was uh uh, I was just taking my friend places because he wanted to build acoustic panels, actually. For Oh, Alex. Alex, yeah. 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 So uh, he also wanted a desk, so we went to Ikea. And while I was in Ikea, I got a text from uh, someone I know, like here yeah. in the city. And he asked me, hey, what's what's Cavern of Echoes? And I was like, oh, it's the name of my studio and the name of my company. And I'm like, what do you ask? He's like, oh, because I saw it on Facebook. Nice. And I asked him, okay, did you see my ad or did you just, like, did my page pop out as a suggestion? No, I saw your ad. I'm like, okay, cool. So, Sweet. so means that I'm targeting decently. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it, it's that, uh, that can be a tough thing. Um, <laughs> puppy is. She's, she's trying to make, she's trying to pat down a bed or yeah. stomp down a bed out of a blanket. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, um, I've been, I've been running a, um, a Google campaign for, um, well, it's gotta be going on five years now. And a lot of, a lot of my new business comes through there, okay. but there was basically nothing the first, I want to say the first year. Um, now I didn't have, I didn't have much in the way of budget and I'm, and I'm competing in a much smaller market. Like I'm, I'm I stay pretty local, right? Um, but uh, there was uh... Pepper. Hey, out of there! You want to push her off the table? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> She's looking at me like, "What I do?" <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm, I'm competing in a much in a much um, smaller market. A lot less opportunity for, um, or a lot lot smaller client base, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, but it it was about that it was about that one year point where where the Google ad started to really sustain itself. Okay. And then it wasn't long after that that it started to um, it started to make it started to make money for me. That's really that's really the best I can say. Okay. It started to make money for me. Okay, so so it took you a while for it to start making money for you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And I mean, um uh you remember last year when I when I started that that online mixing um yeah. website. Um now I was competing directly in the English market and I was specifically only targeting Google. Um but it was it was uh it was a lot more expensive than any campaign I'd run before. And it was, um, a lot less successful. Um, and it, eventually I, I, I just, I just didn't have the, um, I just didn't have the money kicking around to maintain it long enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try again. We'll try again eventually, but, uh, right. Yeah. Cause that was a really cool idea. Yeah. yeah, I let the I um I let the uh, website expire though. Yeah, I oh, think I, I think I still have you on my website as a business partner. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I, I'll remove it. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Like in, like on the like the your mixing website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want me to say the name. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, it doesn't matter. Um, we talked about it enough last year. Anybody that really wants, they can go back yeah. and find yeah. it. Although the 
the nature of this show, no one can find anything if you're looking for something specific. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, Pepper. Uh, so, um, Joey and I usually start off with, uh, how was your week? Um, and he doesn't usually do anything throughout his week. So, yeah. um, you had, you've had stuff going on the last, the last handful of weeks. You've yeah. Had a, you've had yeah, a busy, right. uh, you've had a pretty busy summer so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, what's been yeah. going on? I had a, how, how many sessions? I have, well, three sessions, like three clients in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess two clients, but one of them was um, a repeat client. They came once just to record two songs and then came back because they liked how I worked and they right. recorded a full length. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And then the other one was a repeat client from a year and a half ago that I offered just a coming for a weekend cheap recording. Right. And got that. And on top of that, I had a client from Guatemala City. Yeah. That I also had to do a lot more than what I was paid for. But, you know, it's kind of like an investment in the long run. Well, and, and that's, yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely the, um, <laughs> that's definitely what we do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I should have, I, w- I was going to have another client on the last week of June, but they canceled. Well, they didn't really cancel. They more rescheduled ish. They postponed because they're they postponed, but they never. Uh, they did. They did. They didn't tell me when, and I never mm-hmm. got a deposit because when I asked for a deposit for that kind of like last week warning right. before I remove you, yeah. they're like, "Well, actually, we can't come in anymore." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that was that was more because the bass player broke his hand. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But they did say that they 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 do want to come here. So yeah, so sweet. Yeah. So not a lot, not a loss. No, not just a loss. A, just a just a postponement. Just a postponement. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's tough when you lose clients. Yeah. 2017 was that year for me. I, yeah. I, um, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of clients that I wanted to work with make decisions to go elsewhere. But then 27 year, 2017 was such a chaotic year for yeah. me regardless. So, yeah. And, um, uh, I don't know if you remember, I was talking to you about a, a project that I have for September lined up. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, yeah. they just canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that was a bummer. They, those were the guys from Calgary, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what was their reason? Well, they just told me that, uh, one of them is having home problems oh, yeah. and they don't think they can come up with the money. So I haven't replied, but I'm going to try to salvage it by saying, okay, well, if, if I'm out of your budget, like, is, is this a money thing or is this a, yeah, something else? Or cause if it's a money thing, maybe we can, um, we can work something out. We can work something out. Yeah. 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 I so I will do that after we're done with the podcast. But Sweet. so you know, I I I was gonna have work for for September. You still will. You still will, and you still have um, some things you're working on right now, right? So no, I mean, a couple things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You always have you always have a couple things going on. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm gonna be um, the. Uh, I'm going to be having you through August. I think I'm going to be having you take on more of those, um, meditation, okay. um, recordings. Yeah. Okay. Um, largely because I'm not getting enough sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It sounds good. Um, makes two of us, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, you had had, you had had an interesting, um, an interesting experience that might be, more relevant to the geekery side of the podcast. Um, you spent some time last week wiring in a whole bunch of new analog gear. Um, not done yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, you, you started, uh, it's, it's always such a long process. Yeah. Right? 
Um, what have what have you been doing? Oh, I mean, what I rewired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna move the chair out of the move way. The chair so I can see what I did. <laughs> we happen well, we happen to be doing this podcast in Roland's office. So. Roland's office. Okay. <laughs> Roland Studio. Yeah. Okay. I uh, well the the power conditioner and the power bar and the patch bay they were on my desk. Right. You had them on the desk. Okay. On the desk, like on the rack that I can see on my desk. Yeah. So I moved it to the rack on the side, and instead of them, I placed uh three pairs of compressors one eq and another compressor no no both of those are eqs both of those are eqs okay yeah you didn't even you didn't even actually look at them when you installed them i did just like like i got this cool shit on the shelf let's uh what is it pretty much i know one of them is in the queue the other one (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um both of those units in the 500 are uh are are eqs EQs. yeah Yeah. obviously the, the neve one is is amazing the um, the Altimoto one is um, very much like the console EQs we have downstairs. Okay. Um, in fact, it's it's set up almost identically um, to the console EQs downstairs. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I see a pair of um, RNCs. They're uh, really nice compressors. Yeah, a pair of RNCs. Um, yeah. Are you are you going to wire them up in stereo? Can you wire them up in stereo? Well, yeah, they they are stereo units. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you cannot use them as single mono. You can, um, but you can't you can't use them as dual mono. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can use them as single mono if you want, but not as dual mono. But not okay. as dual mono. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then those DBX units, um, oh. the one sixty one sixty sixes. Yeah. Those are the uh, those are the, the the goofy ones, right? Like, there's one channel in each of those that doesn't work. Oh, really? I we we talked about yeah we talked we about talked that, about yeah, this yeah. you remember that yeah. um yeah so so um so it's just a matter of figuring out which side is the one that actually works okay yeah they both pass signal um and I used to use them as I used to use those guys as stereo compressors but it would only trigger off of the off of the um uh the side that works. So on one of them, it would only tr- trigger off the left. Okay. And the other one, it would only trigger off the right. Um, and, uh, um, that was, that was generally fine. It's the detector circuit in each one that is, that is goofy. Um, I don't know enough about the schematics of it to open it up and, and try to fix it. But, um, the one channel on each works and they still sound great. Okay. And and they're the same the same as the ones downstairs that you love. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so if you wanna like if you wanna have like a like a stereo signal compressed, then we gotta run one through each unit. Well if you wanna use them as a stereo compressor, I just recommend not. So recommend not. Okay. Right, because it'll um let's say you're running a drum a drum thing through there and you have your 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 floor tom in the one side and your hats on the other side. Um the one unit is going to cue off of the hats for all the compression and it's going to ignore the toms for compression in a, in stereo. Oh, okay. You see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. And and the other one it'll be the other way around. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I see what I mean. So that's yeah. that's a bad idea. Yeah, so I, I would I would I would just recommend finding out which one which side works. Yeah. On each one and then um and then uh just wiring up that side and not worrying about it. Okay. Yeah. And, and what'll happen is 
what'll happen is um you will hear uh you'll see the how does it work either you'll see the the meters go it'll look like there's a lot of compression but there's no compression you like you don't hear anything yeah or you'll or the meters won't work and you won't see or hear any compression yeah okay more importantly you won't hear any compression right yeah yeah um and then uh you've been using you've been using that uh, dbx 162 and really loving it yeah oh yeah yeah that's great what do you what do you like about it i like how easy it is to set up and the results you get which is which is funny because a lot of people look at that and they say well there's too many knobs yeah yeah well i mean i guess what i meant was like it doesn't matter what you do to it like your audio will your signal will sound good right right that's what i mean okay so i i've used it for mastering and every time i run my my, my songs through there when i'm mastering something i feel like they're they sound um compressed without sounding compressed if that makes yeah. sense yeah right? for so, sure so i like that and then well which makes me makes the limit and like raising the volume and limiting process a lot easier gotcha right so and it's super clean that's what i like about it yeah yeah yeah, I I um <clears throat> I love the the 162 and the 160 um both of them the their the S and the SL I I I love absolutely love them to death. I find you can get such a great smack out yeah. of them. Like yeah. you can pull <sighs> So I love them. I I love them on just about everything. If I had a rack full of these, I say this about a lot of gear, I think. Yeah. If I had a rack full of these, I would be a happy guy. Um, uh, I use the 160 downstairs. Of course, it's in it's, it's up in for repair right, right now. But um, I use the 160 downstairs from everything from drum bus to master bus to running vocals through to acoustic guitar. And, and my favorite thing about it is is how easy it is to dial in the um, the attack on it. Um, and I, and I really love the, uh, I really love the auto, the auto, um, release function. Oh yeah. That's, that's gotta be my favorite for, especially for, um, for dense material. Um, cause I can, I, 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 I don't have to think about it at all. And I like when I don't have to think about mixing. Yeah. yeah. The more I have to think, the less, the less I accomplish, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, threw that in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I like how like well, if if you push it really really hard, then okay, you start to hear it. You start to hear the compressor working. But mm-hmm. I've noticed that like even if my settings are not the best, or if they're if they're not like well thought through, it still sounds good. Mm. What would be an example of not well thought through? Oh, if I'm just like like, let's say if I just want I just I just want to see how it sounds with the fastest attack. Right, just because I want to see what it sounds like with fast attack, it's not because I'm saying okay, I need a fast attack here. You know? Right, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So stuff like that. Um, one thing of note with the the SL, um, don't know what the don't know what the no, the letters stand for, but um, the SL series, because uh, there's a there's an SL the 160 SL and the 162 SL. They both have a switch inside that is. Um, that is a mod on the, on the attack settings. Okay. And 
I'm gonna have to look up the um I really forget what it's about. Um, because it's uh okay, DBX 162 SL switch. Um interior switch. That's what I'll look up. Um I, I can never remember what it's uh da, da, da. Uh, off it, it's the auto velocity and what does that mean what is uh excel auto velocity auto velocity um it's got to give us i think it <laughs> Maybe that's not it. Um, shit, doesn't matter. Um, it changes. It, it changes the attack and release um, range, and one of them makes one setting makes it makes it a lot more transparent and a lot smoother, and the other setting makes it more aggressive. Um, and depending who you are, you know you may or may not like it. I think, I think both of ours have the, have the switch switched in. So it's a lot less aggressive. Oh, okay. Um, but it's an internal switch. So it's, it's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I had the, uh, when I had the 160 open downstairs, um, uh, trying to change that view light, I should have, uh, I should have taken a look. Yeah. Um, but I, it never even occurred to me. I did take pictures though. I should dig up those pictures. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So now you have. Uh, oh, and, and you have the um, the two EQs. Um, and we've been talking about we've been talking about getting a uh, a stereo EQ and a um, and a summing uh, summing mixer um, for up here as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Have the right amount of, uh, you're going to need, you're going to need a, you're going to need an extension unit for your converters eventually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I haven't, uh, I'm not done wiring all that up because I realized, A, I don't have enough cables. B, I don't have enough room in the patch bay. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> fuck, eh? So that means it's adding to the cost. Welcome to the world of analog. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool as shit, but. It just costs yeah, a lot of money. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The good news is so much of this stuff for the actual investment, so much of this stuff holds its value. Okay. Right. Especially, especially if you can find good value used, right? Like, um, like all this DBX stuff that we have, uh, it was all bought secondhand. None of it was bought new. Yeah. Um, and the value invested in it is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good value. Um, and it's going to, we'll be able to sell... If we wanted to, we'll be able to sell this 162 for pretty much the same that we bought it for. Okay. Yeah. Um, if not more based on inflation. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so what you're saying is analog gear is a good investment then? Long-term, Long-term. Analog, analog gear is a good investment. A lot of, a lot of um, working professionals um, that I hear interviews with or whatever... Um, they talk about how the right equipment is part of their retirement plan. Right. 
right? It's, um, it's that thing that they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to sell eventually because it, it holds its value. It, it allows them to. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas software plugins, for example, they just don't hold value. You can't, I can't sell my old waves package because it's not worth anything. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's outdated. It doesn't work with the newer software or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 And that's why it took me forever to finally buy plugins. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, what did you, what have you, what did you end up buying? So, so far I just bought the delimiter, the L1. The Waves L1 well, plugin? It was yeah. in sale. Yeah. And then I bought um, Isotope Elements that was in sale. Right. And that one was a strategic one because I want to invest in Isotope. But right. they said, okay, this is kind of like the door for them to get me a better deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up buying the Kramer uh, Tape Distortion and the Waves um, uh, Transient Designer. And they oh, gave yeah. me those two for for a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. When they had like the summer sale, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I bought. Sweet. And probably not going to buy anything else. They're really not a lot to buy. Right. Um, especially, especially with, um, with hardware manufacturers and, um, inter- people that make interfaces focus, right. For example, they gave you a handful of, yeah. of, um, plugins anyway. Yeah. Right. Which, great great plugins yeah great plugins and mm-hmm. I, I used them in every mix since yeah it was so good yeah yeah right yeah um yeah i've so i've wasted so much money on plugins and software um yeah yeah so many so many decisions i wish i didn't make yeah um, i feel you though because once i bought those plugins i was like i want more <laughs> totally right yeah, i know but... um yeah <laughs> but no one of the biggest um so in in 2012 i no near the middle of 2011 i decided to pirate um the complete waves i think it was waves version 7 um back then i decided to pirate the whole thing so that i could have a really good idea of do I want to buy any of this stuff? Is this stuff any, is it, is it any, is it worthwhile? Right. Cause up to that point, I'd never purchased a software player. I'd never purchased a plugin to save my life. Like I, it just, it had never even crossed my mind up to that point. Um, cause everything that I needed was in Cubase. I was okay. a Cubase user at the time. Yeah. Um, everything I needed, they had, they had a tape distortion. They had guitar amplifiers. They had, um, a variety of different compressors. Um, they had a few different EQs and I, I knew them really well and I used them to their, you know, I used them all the time. Okay. But I didn't, I, I came from the live world where, where I showed up at the gig and here's the compressors. And, you know, this week it's JBL and the next week it's, it's DBX and the week after that it's drummer and the week after that it's Clark Technic and you just never know what you're going to get. So you just become kind of a, kind of a gear chameleon, you know, you're able to adapt to whatever is whatever you're given. So it, it was never a big deal to me that I had one compressor over another. I also never worked with anything other than VCA compressors, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's the live world. It doesn't really matter. Um, some people will argue that point. It does matter, but I don't think it matters. 
Um, and so, uh, I had a conversation with a potential client and one of his criticisms of me, uh, was that I don't have any plugins. I don't have any plugins. And like, I don't know what you mean. Like, why would I buy plugins? And he's, he's, you know, he shows me, he shows me the waves stuff and, and, um, there were some interesting looking things, but gear lust hadn't really taken over for me yet. Okay. Um, but that, that, that little nugget sat in my brain. Um, why don't you have plugins? So I started, I started looking at plugins and I started looking at different companies and, and, um, the waves seemed like the best value. Um, uh, isotope wasn't really a big deal or it wasn't really in my radar yet. And, and, and neither was universal audio, but then I'm, I'm, I decided to torrent or I decided to search a torrent for, um, for plugins and, and this complete wave seven cracked popped up and I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's download it and try it. And I downloaded, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember how many, how many plugins they had at the time, but it was, it was hundreds, uh, or I, th I think it was anyway. And I downloaded the whole thing and I tried it out and excuse me. And I, I found a small handful that I loved the tape, the Kramer master tape was one of them, um, that I really enjoyed. And, uh, so that was, that was my first, that was my first plugin that I bought oh, was nice. the tame or the Kramer master tape. Um, cause I didn't have, I didn't have anything that Cubase back then had very low graphic, um, representations of their thing. Like it wasn't, it was just, here's a, here's a knob tape saturation. You turn it up, you turn it down. Right. That yeah. was, that was the extent of it. Um, uh, but, uh, so, so I, I got this thing and it was, it was interesting. It was fun. It was cool distortion. I used it on a, I used it on a vocal. Um, or like a, like a, a screamer, um, the band, the local band brought to you by, um, on, on, on their record and it, it sounded great. And so uh, by the end of 2012, their black Friday sale came along oh. and, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> and, um, and I, I, I start looking at the deals and I start looking at the things that I had been experimenting with and, and, you know, kind of making a list of thinking that I'm doing like good research here, making a list of the things that I'm, I'm enjoying using like the API 2500, uh, compressor, which I still use a lot today. Um, and, and they have, uh, they had this cool, um, this cool mid side, uh, processor that is just volume for the mids and volume for the sides. Um, and, uh, and I, so I started, I started making, making this list of stuff that, um, that I would want. And then, then I come across their, their, their bundles and I find <laughs> it's terrible. I find, um, their gold bundle was on oh, sale. God. Their gold bundle was on sale for like, like $400. And at, at the time, I think regular price was you know, 13 or $1,400. Right. So I'm thinking that's a thousand dollars savings. That's fucking amazing. So I look at all the plugins and I'm like, well, I like five of them, <laughs> you know, five of the 30 plugins or something that was in there. And, uh, and so, so I'll probably just enjoy the rest of them. So I add that to the cart and then I add, 
then I add a couple other things that aren't in there to the cart. And, and then there were, um, I really like their, um, uh, as, as great as Isotopes RX series, their, um, audio restoration products are, yeah. um, the waves ones at the time I thought were way better. And so I added some of them to the cart and, and it just, it just kind of got bigger and bigger. And, and by the time I hit purchase, um, or pay now, um, it was $1,400. Damn. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, and so I, I use those, I use those religiously for almost two years until I was ready to do a studio upgrade in 2013. And so maybe a year and a half, maybe a year and a half later, you know what? That might've been, I might've actually purchased at the end of 2011 instead of 2012. Cause it was, I was, I was waves for just over a year and a half before I decided to commit to, um, universal audio. Um, yeah. And, and, and the big, the big reason was I wanted to take a lot of the processing off of my computer and onto a, onto a hardware accelerator. Right. And, and, and that's what I loved about the, the UAD. But, um, yeah, but then, then, uh, transitioning over to, to universal audio, that was $2,000 to start with just for the hardware accelerator for the computer. Um, the PCIe card, which is basically extinct now. (laughs) (laughs) PCIe Um, card. Yeah. I remember those. Um, and, uh, what else? Oh, and, and then, and then I started buying universal audio plugins and the universal audio plugins are not cheap. You know, they're, they're a hundred to $400 each. And are they uh, worth the money though? Do you think in hindsight, I would say no. Um, I have, I, I probably have, I probably, I probably own close to $10,000 worth of plugins now, which is ridiculous. Like just fucking insane. Um, including the hardware accelerator. Okay. include that in there but um if i don't think that of i probably use three or four hundred dollars maybe maybe five hundred dollars worth of plugins on a regular basis although i guess if yeah based on sale prices probably five hundred dollars worth of plugins on a regular basis um and i use i use so much of what comes with uh what comes with the daw you know like um, if I'm, if I'm doing, if I'm doing work in Cubase, I am using Cubase reverbs because I really like their reverbs. If I'm working in, in, um, in pro tools, I really like their EQ. Uh, I, oh, and, and the Cubase EQ, I love too. I really like the pro tools EQ. I really like the pro tools compressor. I really like the pro tools D-verb. Um, they're so, they're just so easy to use that I use them a lot. Now, now I really like 1176 style compressors, but I can't honestly hear enough difference between any of the different software ones to, um, to be all that concerned about it. So I'm not all that concerned about it. Yeah. You know, um, I use the universal audio one because it's, uh, I like the look of it better. Okay. But I don't know that it sounds any better. Okay. Yeah. So bottom line is don't buy plugins. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. buy the ones that you really need. Well, and, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, 
because I can never stay, um, stay committed to one thing or another. Right. Um, Joey has, Joey made an investment in soft tubes console one. Oh yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Right. Um, and it, it looks, it looks cooler and cooler. The more we talk about it, the more he figures out all the glitches and whatever that he's got to work around to get it working for him. Um, the more it sounds like, <coughs> the more it sounds like, um, something that I would really, really love. Yeah. Um, specifically, specifically it, uh, it's channel strip on everything. Yeah. And, and I think if I, I mean, plus you, you can, you can load up different modules too, from universal audio specifically, but it would, it would totally get me out of wanting to look at the cute thing on the screen. Right. That's one of the things I like about, about, uh, the universal audio stuff is I let, for the most part, I really like the look of their stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's not at all a necessary part of the sound. No, no. <laughs> like the reaper plugins are ugly as fuck. I know that ugly uh, as, fuck. Oh, as fuck, but yeah. Hey, I'll take them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and, 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 and for the most part, they do exactly the job you need them to. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's such an unfortunate thing. Yeah. So moral of the story don't buy the soft. Don't buy any software you don't actually need. Yeah. 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 You said you had a lot more questions you wanted to ask me. Oh, I, I did. Hey, when we were making coffee. Oh shit. Yeah. Don't remember um, them. I think we've covered all of them. Oh yeah. Okay. I think so. I know I didn't ask a lot of the questions, but you kind of you kind of went through a lot of okay. them on your own. All right. Um, I wanted to ask about the uh, about the um, the rewiring. Yeah. How that was going? I wanted to ask about. Uh, about uh, oh you know what can we dive into um or as sophie would say dive through <laughs> uh can we dive into the um the uh circus metal you were um, working oh, on the other yeah, day yeah sure or, um yeah so you've been you were working on and we don't need to we don't need to talk about any details about who this was because yeah. um because yeah. um, it'll be pretty obvious if we start yeah. Well, I, it doesn't really matter. Right. No. Um, first off you were, you were working on, on this project that you referred to as circus metal. Can you explain that? <laughs> what, 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 what is it? What is it that makes it circus metal? Well, I, it's just a bit of a joke. Like it's not actually circus music. Yeah, right? Right. But, um, <laughs> I call it that cause it's, um, it's, I guess it's a metal band, but it, like they have keyboards yeah. and they have, a female singer and a male singer that they do, they do both of them do like very different style of vocals. Okay. So like they will go from like opera to, to, uh, growls. Do they both go dramatically different or is it yeah, both like, both like so both of them scream and both of them or both of them scream or growl and both of them do operatic style. Yeah. And then both of them do really? like, like, like I, I guess they call it like, uh, like it's the name of the track what's called experimental. So yeah. it's just like, I guess experimental vocals where they're just like doing something completely different. weird yeah yeah hmm. yeah so the reason i call it circus is because like i i i personally don't like keyboards in metal i personally don't okay and some of them are are cool when like they're mixed kind of like very subtle in the mix to add some some atmosphere right but when they you want them at the front oh yeah that's when i don't like it 
So you're not a Dream Theater fan? No. Dream no. Theater, I guess, isn't really metal. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But no, I don't like that. Um, I do like Rush, though, ironically. <laughs> that is weird. But I don't think Rush is metal either. But yeah, they're not even close to yeah, metal. No. And But again, like they, they don't use the keyboard as like, the main instrument at the front all the time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so that's also a factor. My favorite Rush albums um, are the ones that aren't heavy um, keyboards. Yeah. Like the Counterparts record from 1994. Love that one. Yeah. I um, I don't love the entire record because I'm not a big Rush fan, but I... I can cut all of their records down to the songs that I actually enjoy. Yeah. And, um, and I, it, it's still a pretty big catalog of, yeah. 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 But counterparts is definitely, I think their peak. Did you know, sorry, I, I'm, 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 I'm totally no, that's okay. derailing on yeah, here. Yeah. Um, I use Rush's counterparts as one of my reference records. Oh yeah. For, yeah. for which, uh, for a project that you worked on? For any, no, for, for just about any project, any oh. project that is, that is, relatively close sonically um because the the production is timeless like it doesn't sound like it was it's from a specific era it just sounds like it's good production the drums are the drums the keyboards the guitars the bass the vocals they're they all stand so distinctly apart from each other but they blend together really well and the mix is phenomenal and the master is is well it does what a master does it yeah. And so, so I, I, I use that as one of my reference records because everything about it is really, really good and reliable. Yeah. Okay. And I love listening to the songs. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I should do that. Like have a list of four or five songs that I know I can trust to. I've actually expanded mine to, um, uh, I've expanded mine to be not just a, not just a list of songs, but a list of, of albums, uh, albums too. Okay. Um, and so where, where do I have it? Ah, da, 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 da. Reference track list. So, um, most of this is older stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and most of this is not metal. Um, Rush's, uh, um, counterparts is the closest to okay. metal that I have yeah. on here. But I, I do have a, I do have like a, like a 2004 ish screamo album okay. on here. Okay. Um, but I have uh, like extremes, three sides to every story. Okay. Um, Sting's Ten Sumner's Tales. Ten Sumner's Tales. Um, Dead Poetic is the Screamo band. Um, New Medicines. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm with you. That record, their 2011 record, sounds amazing. Okay. I can't stand Anthony Kiedis, the singer. Yeah. But the record sounds amazing, and and Flea and Chad are just such an amazing rhythm section. Yeah. Especially on that record, um, Heather Nova's "Siren." Um, it's not perfect, but it's it's close enough for a reference that it's that it's a great thing. And then on the countryside, anything by Keith Urban is is uh, is just fa- absolutely spectacular. Now, maybe I don't know his earlier stuff, but yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Rush's counterparts. Right. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, back to the circus metal. Yeah. Um, so you don't like keyboards in metal. Yeah. That can't be the only thing that makes it circus. Oh, well, it's the fact that this is obviously personal opinion. But right. They sound happy. Like half the song, half the songs that have the time. <laughs> it sounds like it, they, they want to say they, they're trying to convey a happy emotion. Right. And that's when I'm like, uh, that's really know. not metal. Right. Uh, again, it's personal preference. That's fair. I think. 
Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're like playing Castlevania half the time. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, not nothing against the game, anything. No, but right. it's just like you know, like yeah. Uh, they're going for that, like I guess they call it epic, or yeah. whatever, like that epic style of music. Right. That it's not a circus. I definitely know. It's I, I now that I think about it, it's more more of a if you were like watching a rock opera or mm-hmm. or a musical at a theater. That's that's more. Right? Yeah. Isn't that more what they're going for though? Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. like, like yeah. what um what's the actual style I called? No <laughs> um, uh, I I I've always thought of it as operatic metal yeah. uh, i, I right. thought it was symphonic metal or whatever. oh okay yeah, so, there you go yeah. that you, you know what i've heard i've heard that a lot symphonic yeah. Metal, yeah okay so that's the one yeah do they do they have I big s- string sections in the background or is that kind of the role that keyboards play yeah it is the role of the keyboards okay they had like three different layers of keyboards they sound they're very different ended up only using well ended up use try to use all of them but the only one that you can really hear is uh i guess the the synths mm-hmm. Because the other one just fight too much with the guitars, right? They just fight too much, and then I I call the guy and I was like, okay, you got to make a decision here, like right. which one is more important. And they said guitars. So I'm like, all right, done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I said circus just as a joke. I think it's more of a right, more of a I guess rock opera. <laughs> I, I like the term circus metal though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's like mixed, master, paid for, done. Don't have to listen to it ever again. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. Um, do you think you'll ever be able to listen to it again? You mean a, a similar project or, or? Well, I, I know you'll or, be able to work on a similar project, yeah. but, uh, but do you think you'll ever be able to come back to that one and listen to that one again? Yeah. But, but not right now, probably in, you know, in six months. Right. I'll, I'll see. Okay. We'll see what my master sounds like. See if I could do something differently. Right. But yeah, yeah, I should be able to. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause at the end of the day, like as you've taught me disengage, right. From the, mm-hmm. just kind of like disconnect from the music, just focus on the sonics. So. Yeah. Sometimes when you're working with something, you just really don't enjoy. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, right. speaking of things, not in, not all that enjoyable. Um, I had a wonderful weekend mixing hip hop. Oh really? Which is really strange to yeah. come out of my mouth, right? Because um, I'm not I'm not that big of a hip hop fan. Um, but it was uh, working with this guy. Um, we've been we've been recording his record for the last almost year and a half, and he um, he, he would do what most hip hop guys do. He, like he's he's got a got a you know a few songs um, written. He wants to uh, wants to um, wants to record them, wants to mix them, wants to, wants to hear what they sound like right away. Um, but unlike most hip hop guys, this guy is, he's well-educated in psychology and philosophy. Oh, wow. Like he's got a university degree. Well-read. Uh, he's, he's about to, he's about to go into law school, I think too. Um, I don't know if he's starting this year, if he's starting next year, but he says he's, he's going to law school. Um, uh, he is, uh, he's really well read and he loves hip hop, which is just a, just a strange combination for, for all that. Um, but he really likes, uh, he really likes punchlines and he loves to throw in, he loves to use 
punchlines and and phrases that are alliterations to uh, literary material mixed with pop culture okay. and and all sorts of different things. And some of it is just like burst out loud laughing kind of kind of stuff. And some of it's just, you know, all of it is really well written. Plus he's not trying to do, he's not trying to do like a modern hip hop sound. Like he's not going for that auto-tuned um, ro- robot Drake, thing. Yeah. Right. The Drake or Drake or the weekend. Um, he's going for something much more old school. Like he much prefers, much prefers independent hip hop and, uh, and old school hip hop. And so that's the direction we took the record. Okay. And his choice of, his choice of instrumentals are, some of them are pretty, some of them are pretty modern sounding, but most of it is funky and groovy. And you, you might almost think that it was written by a, an old funk player from the seventies, you know? Yeah. Like okay. that kind of, that kind of stuff It's uh, really, 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 really fun to work with. Um, and so we had a lot of fun. We, it was a, all right. The reason he took, the reason he took a year, almost a year and a half to record the whole record is because we ended up recording 41 songs oh, okay. for the record. We, um, now 41 songs didn't make it to the record, but, uh, the first two or three sessions was him figuring out what it's like to be in a studio. Cause he'd never been in a studio before. Uh, and he started recognizing how he needs to rewrite some, some things and, and then we had conversations about samples in beats and he really wanted to make sure that he had all the, all the right licenses in place for, for all the, all the stuff that he was using and, and, um, you know, making, making sure that he has clearance on, on certain samples that, that this guy making a beat or that guy making a beat have put in the music. Right. right. And so that was, that was, uh, that lengthened the process. But like I said, we ended up recording 41, 41 songs for the record and he cut it down to, to 15 songs, right. um, to make it work. And, and his, his, his song selection is actually pretty good. We try to, we tried a variety of, <clears throat> excuse me, a variety of cool different things. But, um, at the end of the day, we still have, I think, I think we still have two or three songs to mix. Cause in a, that was a, was it a, it was 22 hours working on his music this weekend. Um, plus every single morning I had, I had a, a client before him and I had a client after him. It was just a long, long weekend. Okay. But it was a, it was a ton of fun. He was, he was an interesting guy and, 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 uh, and thrill. It was, it was, it was a real pleasure to listen to him talk. Okay. You know? Um, so he doesn't talk like your regular hip hop guy. No, no. He, well, I mean, you wouldn't, you'd look at him and you wouldn't think hip hop guy. Yeah. You would look at him and you'd think, um, Doctor. no, no. You'd think, uh, you think like, um, uh, what's the best way you think like computer programmer or something. Okay. That's the kind of, that's kind of the vibe he gives off. Okay. Right. He's got that, that kind of nerdy, awkward vibe about him. Um, and, but then he steps behind the microphone and he becomes, he becomes a rapper. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's totally a body language thing, right? Like yeah. 
it's it's almost it's almost as though he's two different people. Yeah. One in yeah. front of the microphone and one away from the microphone. Yeah. yeah. And I, both of them are really really pleasant. I can't relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was it was it was a lot of fun this weekend, and I I was really I was really nervous about it because I knew we'd be spending like we'd be spending ten plus hour days both Saturday and Sunday working on hip hop. And I didn't know if I'd be able to, if I'd be able to focus that long or, or if I'd be able to work that long on, uh, on a genre that I'm not, that I'm, I generally, um, struggle with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah. Next we, we've already set up dates to finish the mixes, to finish the next set of mixes. And we set up a date in August, um, to master the record too. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So now, now, now we have, now we have deadlines to get stuff done, Okay. which is awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, and tonight I have to master another hip hop record. The, uh, the, that, that one, that one, um, conspiracy theory rappers. Right. Right. Those guys have, we're, we're finished the, uh, have to master their record tonight. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a hit full of a a hip hop weekend, I guess. Uh, Really? (laughs) Well, I mean, when, um, not work related, but like after I helped Alex on Saturday, uh, we went to his place and we just uh, hang out for a little bit Yeah. and we watched uh, Netflix straight out of quantum because we, none of us, none of us have watched it and we were both interested. So we watched it and it's it's pretty cool. Actually. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of like, I guess I call that like, I guess modern history because it's like, it's what, it's over 30 years now or yeah, close it was, to 30 years. It was but, the end of the nineties, early, or yeah. sorry, end of the eighties, early nineties. Yeah, but yeah. it's, you know, it's significant stuff that happened in, in that era, right? So, right. So from a historical point of view, it was really interesting and mm-hmm. yeah, learn a lot about that culture that I have no idea, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was actually, I enjoyed it. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. And then I find out like yesterday, Ice Cube, one of the guys from NWA was, was in town at K-Days. Oh, really? He, he was sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, and I, I guess I, I know who Dr. Dre is because of the, the headphones or whatever. Right. But I had no idea he was involved in NWA until mm. I watched the movie. <laughs> like, they were, they, they, weren't they literally... Or didn't they literally become the biggest hitters in hip hop through the nineties and the early two thousands? I think so. I mean, I, I I know nothing about that, right? But like oh, yeah. based on the movie, it looks like it. So was it a movie or was it a documentary? It's a movie. Well, it's a it's a movie that shows the life of like how how gotcha. they became okay. NWA. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And it talks a lot. I I never realized how intertwined their story is with Rodney King. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Because I guess they both happened at the same time, and like they were both struggling with that same police brutality being from quantum right yeah so so yeah they talk about rodney king that's in in the movie no kidding hey cool yeah um yeah i i was shit i would have been like 14 or 15 when the rodney king thing happened and and being a sheltered white kid um i i I, no concept of of how how impactful that that time was yeah I should watch. There you go. There you go. We're, the, um, we're right on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's right. a really cool movie. I, I, I recommend it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, th- thanks so much for coming yeah. and filling in for the uh, for the mystery disappearing guy. Um, <laughs> we'll have to get you back on more often because this is fun. Yeah, totally. I enjoy this. Okay, we'll see you next time. All right, see you. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.